Welcome to this edition of the Peace and Power Podcast, where we rediscover the life of peace and power envisioned in God's Word. Somewhere deep within, each of us desires an inner flow of peace and power that transforms our daily attitudes, relationships, and life decisions. So we now turn to God's message, the Bible, as it teaches us to live in that flow of spirit peace and spirit power. It may be helpful for you to follow the outline of each talk, which is available in the show notes. And you will find the full transcript on our website, peaceandpowerpodcast.com. That's peaceandpowerpodcast.com. Here is Dr. Jim Coleman with today's Bible Talk. In 1933, college student Ralph Wiley was going about his job as a lab worker at the Dow Chemical Plant in Midland, Michigan. He was experimenting on the development of a new dry-cleaning product. When it came time to clean out the glass test tubes, one of the tubes wouldn't come clean. There was a residual plastic film clinging to the inside of the tube. Wiley made a notation of the chemical combinations he had put into the tube and later reproduced the material. It was a thin plastic film that had the ability to adhere to clean surfaces and to itself, but could be separated from a surface if so desired. He named it Eonite. One step led to another, and the plastic became developed into a spray used as a sealant on airplanes and other industrial products like combat boots. By 1949, Dow Chemicals had changed the name of the plastic wrap and began selling it for commercial use, and then in 1956 for domestic use. It was known as Saran Wrap, and it has become one of the most used products in the preservation of refrigerated food a product which is able, when spread over a smooth surface, to lock in moisture and flavor. Another company markets the plastic film as cling wrap, but in the early 2000s, due to health concerns, the most clingy element of saran or cling wrap was removed, and customers noticed. Cling wrap is not as clingy as it used to be. About 600 years before Jesus, God described to the prophet Jeremiah an image of the closeness of relationship the Lord desired for ancient Israel to have with him. And do you know what word God used to describe that closeness? Cling. They were to hold tightly to, to cling to God. When their surrounding culture tried to pull Israel and God apart, Israel was to cling in closeness and faithfulness to Almighty God. So listen in Jeremiah chapter 13 and verses 1 through 14, how this image was created. This is what the Lord said to me, Go and buy a linen loincloth and put it on, but do not wash it. So I bought the loincloth as the Lord directed me, and I put it on. Then the Lord gave me another message, Take the linen loincloth you are wearing and go to the Euphrates River. Hide it there in a hole in the rocks. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates, as the Lord had instructed me. A long time afterward, the Lord said to me, Go back to the Euphrates and get the loincloth I told you to hide there. 
So I went to the Euphrates and dug it out of the hole where I had hidden it. But now it was rotting and falling apart. The loincloth was good for nothing. Then I received this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. This shows how I will rot away the pride of Judah and Jerusalem. These wicked people refuse to listen to me. They stubbornly follow their own desires and worship other gods. Therefore, they will become like this loincloth, good for nothing. As a loincloth clings to a man's waist, so I created Judah and Israel to cling to me, says the Lord. They were to be my people, my pride, my glory, and honor to my name, but they would not listen to me. So tell them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, May all your jars be filled with wine. And they will reply, Of course, jars are made to be filled with wine. Then tell them, No, this is what the Lord means. I will fill everyone in this land with drunkenness, from the king sitting on David's throne to the priests and the prophets, right down to the common people of Jerusalem. I will smash them against each other, even parents against children, says the Lord. I will not let my pity or mercy or compassion keep me from destroying them. So in Jeremiah chapter 13, we see the dramatic demonstration that God asked Jeremiah to act out so ancient Israel would know they were failing to fulfill this clingy calling. They were not as clingy as God called them to be. It also becomes clear that God is giving to Israel a set of principles which, when lived out, would ensure the future of their close relationship with God. Israel was responsible and accountable for doing their part to keep this clingy relationship. And since God has called you and me to be his faithful people, the church, it is these same principles that keep us in a close, clingy relationship with God through Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you and I must confess that our clinging to God is not as clingy as it used to be. And these principles can restore us and recommit us to staying close to God. This narrative begins by God asking Jeremiah to do something unusual as an object lesson. Jeremiah is to go purchase a linen loincloth. Now, other Bible translations call this a waistband. Some of them call it a sash, which does convey the idea that it is some type of cloth to be tied tightly to the midsection. It's quite possibly an undergarment, folded and then tied at the hips, but it may be a linen belt, like the priests wore, tied around their waists. Linen was expensive, so only the upper class in Jeremiah's day wore it. Whatever the garment was, it is certainly tied tightly. It clings to the body. If it was a belt, it certainly looked quite strange as well with Jeremiah's everyday clothing, like wearing a, a cummerbund with gym shorts. But, as unusual as it is, Jeremiah does it. Why? Because he chooses to obey God's directions. Ancient Israel was not obeying God, but Jeremiah did, because he was clinging to a relationship with God. What a contrast. And you and I cannot be close to God when we are disobeying God. Disobedience pushes us away from God. Obedience is what keeps us connected. 
How had Israel moved so far away from God in this relationship? They didn't nurture the relationship. God had Jeremiah act this out by not washing the loincloth, not properly caring for such a fine fabric. You can be assured that the royalty and the priests and the wealthy who had linen undergarments and outer garments had them washed frequently, had them stored in a clean place. They cared for such expensive and delicate cloth. But Israel had not cared for, had not nurtured their relationship with God. They had neglected it. Uh, We have lived in our current house for just over six years, and in another neighborhood not far from our house is someone's unused Jeep parked in their driveway. It has been sitting there in the same spot for all six years we have lived near there. Its tires are flat, they're dry-rotted, On the one hand, it must hold some value or nostalgia for the owner. But on the other hand, it is being treated like it is of no value at all. It is being neglected. This can be like our relationship with God. On some level, we value it. We want to keep it. But we so neglect it that surely it doesn't mean very much to us. God asked Jeremiah to neglect the linen cloth to demonstrate that this is what Israel had done in their relationship with him. Next, the Lord asked Jeremiah to hide the linen cloth near a river in a hole in the rocks, or perhaps a cave. Why? To demonstrate that Israel had been ashamed among their neighboring nations of their relationship with God and had hidden it. Rather than being a witness of what a wonderful God, Yahweh the Lord, was, they hid that good news that they had been called into relationship with God. Our current Western culture prefers that Christians keep their religion private. Witnessing about your faith is frowned upon. Christians who talk about Jesus uh, to others are radicals. Even in a democracy where free speech and freedom of religion are foundational rights, They're considered radicals. This cultural view is very understandable for our family, our friends, and neighbors who are not familiar with Jesus' teaching. But when you know Jesus' teaching, private religion is nowhere to be found. Jesus taught that the good news about him was to be shouted from the rooftops, Matthew 10, 27. It was to shine like the lights of a city on a hill at night, Matthew 5, 14. Jesus' final words to his disciples was a a command to take the good news energetically and joyfully to all the world, Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. And this is what they did. Peter and Paul did not have a private faith in Jesus. No one in the early church in the book of Acts had a private faith in Jesus. The story of Christianity becoming the largest religion in the world is not about Christians having a private faith in Jesus. Jesus said that if we do not share our genuine faith in him, we are ashamed of him, Luke 9.26. Paul wrote, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, Romans 1.16. Jeremiah hiding the precious, beautiful, expensive linen cloth demonstrated not only how Israel was ashamed of the Lord, and had hidden their faith, but the God they were hiding who was offering real life. 
Now, Jeremiah not only hid the linen cloth in a cave, but buried it beneath a rock. The text says he left it there for a long time. He no longer used it, and when he returned and dug it up, it was rotten and falling apart. The beautiful cloth, after all, had been made to use. Our faith in God is given to us as a gift to use, and when we use it like we use a muscle, it gets stronger. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus taught that when we use our faith, our faith will be preserved and we will be given more. But we will lose what faith we do have when we don't use it. Matthew 13, 12. Use it or lose it is a principle that certainly applies to faith. If this loincloth had been used and cleaned and cared for and reused, it would have been preserved. Also, have you noticed how intently Jeremiah is listening to the Lord's instructions and message? Israel is ignoring God's messages, but Jeremiah values his relationship with God enough to listen. No relationship can survive ignoring the other. Healthy and loving relationships value listening. It's really one of the most difficult skills in any relationship, but one of the most fulfilling. And so clinging to God is valued by listening, not by ignoring God. Jeremiah didn't get off track by following the many gods in his culture. He followed the Lord's guidance, and God always guides our lives rightly. Israel wanted to follow the Lord and other gods to pick and choose along the way. We should frequently assess our spiritual lives to see if we have begun to follow voices and ways other than the Lord's. This is, of course, the first of the Ten Commandments. You must not have any other gods before me. How easy it is to begin following idols. Idols, which, of course, are anything that takes the place of God in our lives. Clinging to God is about following. And when we follow, that keeps us from clinging to things that would take God's place. Idols. Now, verse 11 is the key verse in this story and also conveys its most amazing truth. It reads, As a loincloth clings to a man's waist, so I created Judah and Israel to cling to me, says the Lord. They were to be my people, my pride, my glory, and honor to my name, but they would not listen to me. What had ancient Israel done to deserve being God's special people? Nothing. From the very beginning, all of this special relationship was offered to them by grace. It was a free gift, unearned, God's decision to give. Our clinging to God relationship is only made possible by God's grace still today. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are now God's only ways to experience a grace relationship with God. And you and I don't pay anything for it or work for it in any way. The moment God created you as when God graciously created Israel, God graciously created you for a special relationship with Him. God created you to cling to Him. And you say, but my knife is not a clean, fine piece of linen, and I'm not worthy. Friend, that's why you and I need grace. Grace offers Jesus cleansing forgiveness, which gives us worthiness. There is a single word to which this powerful drama points. A single word God is asking Israel to live out. And it's this word. Faithfulness. 
They can move from waywardness to faithfulness. A daily commitment to clinging to God, which leads then to blessing. In Scripture, wine is an image of enjoying God's blessings. Wine is a sign that God has blessed Israel's vineyards and other crops. Wine is meant for celebration, not drunkenness. That would be to misuse God's gift, to poorly steward God's blessings. But notice in verses 12 and 13 that when God mentions blessing Israel with wine, they look forward to getting drunk. God so wants to entrust you and me with material and spiritual blessings as well. And we can enjoy those blessings when we faithfully steward them. This past week I was in conversation with someone who had a life-threatening accident two years ago. And he must continue to take powerful pain pills. He shared his need to use the pain pills for their intended purpose to help him heal, but he shared his caution in not becoming addicted to them. He wants to properly steward them, to accept them as God's blessing in the midst of his pain, but not to abuse them. In almost everything in our life are opportunities to be a good steward of God's gifts. And we find that what God most wants for Israel is that clinging to God is accomplished by faithfulness, not waywardness. And that as they faithfully steward God's blessings and not abuse them, they can enjoy them. Then we also see another step of faithfulness that God would have for them. We all at times will fail in being faithful, and so we continue to need God's mercy. This is God's final words to Jeremiah in this drama, words of mercy, words that God prefers mercy over judgment. Faithfulness opens to receiving the ongoing mercy of God. One reason we cling to God is to receive God's blessings and mercy. We pray what Jacob expressed when wrestling with that angel in Genesis 32:26, I will not let you go unless you bless me. That was his way of saying, I will cling to you, Lord, to receive your blessing. Well, saran wrap, cling wrap, used to be clingier before they removed the chlorine content to make it healthier. But you and I remain spiritually healthy when we cling tightly to our God. Cling in obedience. Cling by nurturing our faith. Cling by displaying our faith, listening to God, and following our God faithfully. You remember how on Easter morning, Mary Magdalene encountered the risen Christ at the garden tomb? When she realized it was him, she cried, Master, and she ran to him, fell at his feet, embraced him. It must have been so difficult for Jesus to say these words. Don't cling for I haven't yet ascended to my Father. He wanted Mary to cling to him, but in this one special circumstance, it would delay his plans for Easter morning. But soon Mary could spiritually cling to her Master, to her Savior, forever. The question is, am I clinging? Are you clinging? Thank you for listening to the Peace and Power podcast, and we invite you to subscribe to hear the next upcoming Bible talk. Again, our website is peaceandpowerpodcast.com, 
And our prayer is that God's Word has brought you a greater sense of a supernatural flow of God's peace and power in your life.